1: Good brothers and sisters. The Most High in name of Christ bless you. I am Josiah. And welcome to our virtual living room, where we examine recent events and other topics as they pertain to the Holy Scriptures. We give all praises to the Most High in Christ, and we give thanks for God's generous mercy, grace, and forgiveness. This afternoon, brothers and sisters, we are going to talk about something that's going to just right around the corner. And that is Thanksgiving uh Thanksgiving is uh that holiday where most people make plans to visit with relatives. They got travel plans they have shopping lists for foods they're preparing big meals, and they're uh, on that day they might watch the turkey day games and participate in other forms of activities going out to movies and parties and all that. And Thanksgiving is typically viewed as the kickoff for the holiday season. And that holiday season, of course, is composed of Black Friday, which anybody that wants to do any shopping and take advantage of good prices, they don't miss out on Black Friday that they follow in Thanksgiving. And then it segues into a number of other days, including um, Hanukkah and Christmas and finally culminating with New Year's. So last year we had we did a program on Thanksgiving, and we're not going to go into any real deep deep detail on Thanksgiving today. We're going, but we are going to review that program or review Thanksgiving somewhat. And joining me in the virtual living room to review Thanksgiving, we have first off Brother Jonathan. Shalom, brother. And we have Brother Kabar. All
2: right. Shalom, brothers and sisters. All
3: praises
1: to the Most High in Christ. Glad to be with you on this day. And
3: Kazakia, how you doing, brother? Hey, how is everybody doing? Most High name of Christ. Blessed to all on the panel. Definitely uh, appreciative to be back to uh,
1: to deal with this particular subject matter. <clears throat> okay. So, <clears throat> last year, we did a program on Thanksgiving on a lot of different points. Uh, we talked about the origin on Thanksgiving, and for anyone that's listening in, uh, you know that program is in the archives on our show page. So you're welcome to go and listen listen to it at your convenience. Um, so we we discussed a lot of different things on that program. Uh, are there any particular points that you brothers would want to bring out a particular you know as a review of that program? All right.
2: Um, You know, we we covered uh, different aspects in that program dealing with, you know, the origins and really trying to educate not only ourselves but the listeners about, you know, uh, how did this whole thing begin? You know, where did it come from? You know, what were some of the original practices that kind of have gotten tossed to the background in this, uh, I guess, fluffy uh, uh politically correct aspect of it has been basically promoted but going back to the origins of what it is so we'll understand when we're participating in certain things where is it coming from what's the spirit behind it how did it all how did it all begin and ultimately you know is this from the lord is this you know in line with what the lord wants us to be doing or is what is it what the lord uh, is trying to teach us and really ultimately making sure we're following that as a guideline. I, you know, in regards to the things that we uh, participate in our life. So that's really, you know, what was the focus about the show, and I believe we have certain excerpts from that show just to, just to sort of jog the memory and get and get into the, 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 the essence of, of, what we're, of what we're dealing with in this subject.
1: Okay, let me just go ahead and mention one thing, a couple of things here before we go further. One is we do have chat available. If uh, you you don't want to actually come and visit us in the virtual living room to participate live in the program, you can go into our our chat room and make any comments or ask any questions you want. Uh, If you want to visit us in the virtual living room, you can do so by calling 646-716-7749. Um also uh you know in addition to discussing Thanksgiving today we're also going to discuss these upcoming holidays and we're going to talk about whether you should or should not be involved in them. Uh is there anything in particular from last year's program that you know comes to mind that's of particular interest to you? Uh, basically
3: uh as far as last last year's program it was it was definitely uh an on-time program, a program that, that needed to have been done, in all praises it was done. Um, the one thing that comes to mind is basically, uh, if the brothers have not alluded to it before, how uh, what what started off well I mean, what we celebrate, or, excuse me, what is celebrated now, I apologize, what is celebrated now as uh, a day of mirth and gladness and feasting so forth and so on, and giving them thanks, quote unquote, started out. As a day founded in idolatry, and, and as a part of, of, of as a part of a harvest festival, then through time it it evolved into a day that basically commemorates the near decimation of of a people of the children of Israel, and, and by that I'm referring to the uh, so-called Native Americans. As it evolved even further to what we have now. As I uh, previously mentioned, a day of mirth and gladness and feasting and giving of thanks, but it has nothing to do with the scriptures. Neither can you find this particular holiday that is celebrated on the 25th day of November in the Bible as something that the Lord gave us permission or license to celebrate.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. All, All right. right, well, to, to get things moving along a little little further, um, we am going to go ahead and play an excerpt from last year's program, and <clears throat> I believe this is about how Thanksgiving actually originated,
2: yeah, um I have an article, and uh, you know it, it doesn't give you um when well, you actually go into the history behind you know the whole development of what what ultimately culminated in what people call Thanksgiving today now the history is quite different than than I would have to say the myth that's perpetrated nowadays. I have an article um uh, uh, that I'm reading this uh online journal called link. International Journal for Socialist Renewal. Um, and in an excerpt that they're bringing out, it's, it's titled Native Blood, the Truth Behind the Myth of Thanksgiving. And uh, one of the sub uh, the subs, uh, topics, uh, sentences in there is Thanksgiving and in, in the Manhattan Colony. Let me read this real quick. It says in 1641, the Dutch Governor Keith of Manhattan ordered the first scout bounty. His, govern- his government paid money for the scalp of each Indian brought to them. A couple of years later, Keith offered, uh, me, ordered the massacre of the w- Wapingers, a friendly tribe. Haiti were killed, and their sever- severed heads were kicked like soccer balls down the street of Manhattan. One captive was castrated, skinned alive, and forced to eat his own flesh while the Dutch governor watched and laughed. Then Keith hired a notorious underhill, who had commanded the Pequot War to carry out a similar massacre near Stamford, Connecticut. The village was set fire and five hundred Indian residents were put to the sword. A day of Thanksgiving was proclaimed in the churches of Manhattan. As we will soon as we will see, the European colonists declared Thanksgiving days to celebrate mass murder more often than they did for harvest and friendship. So this is what here, say say that last part again, please. It says uh, The European colonists declared Thanksgiving days To celebrate mass murder More often than they did For harvest and friendship So wow. you got to understand This was declared in the churches These are people who were calling themselves Christians uh, you had, uh, in, Intermixed in their various uh, English uh, groups Puritans, things like that And this is, this is uh, justified in the churches They would use scriptures like uh, the ones you would find in in Psalms. Um, uh, let me see if I can find one for you. But the, uh, you know, in the Psalms, when they talk about, I will make your uh, your enemies, you know, your footstools and things like that, they would they mm-hmm. would use these Psalms to justify the mass murder of the Native American peoples in this land and say that God and Christ was with them doing these things.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, if I if I can add on that. Yeah. The reason why they mentioned those, uh, like harvest, they did it more for, uh, less for, th- more for, uh, Thanksgiving, less for harvest feasts, because, um, like the brother brought out that article, um, made an account in 1641. Keep and bear in mind that from an article where I read, the actual initial one that they actually started was from within the year 1621. And it was going into the harvest feast, uh, of that time and stuff. So, it, it, you see how um from year to year it, it kept changing and evolving and, and it's more madness, you know. So. Hello? Okay, you Hello,
1: want Yeah, I'm, I'm finished. Okay. Okay. Um <clears throat> so uh brothers, one thing uh comes to mind now and that is uh if for anyone who's read the Apocrypha, especially in, in the Maccabees, uh, you gain an understanding that there were instances where a righteous man in the Scriptures went out and fought against the wicked, and they prevailed. And after prevailing against the wicked, they instituted holy days to observe, which are still observed to the same day. Okay. Uh, isn't this observance of Thanksgiving? Isn't that very, very similar? Where uh, these people in Manhattan and Connecticut and so forth, they prevailed against these people that at that time were considered to be savages, and uh, and you know celebrated that uh, those victories. Isn't that like the same thing?
2: No. No, it isn't. No. It
1: isn't the. Go ahead, brother. No, I was saying,
0: no, it's not. It's, it's no way, shape, and form. Um, you got to understand that while they're setting up these days here, the actual, when we're speaking of men in the Scriptures, we're speaking of the children of Israel. And when you read in the Scriptures, the Heavenly Father set up covenants and told us, if you would do what I say, I would bless you. If you don't do, I will curse you and destroy you. And that's what what's going on in the Scriptures. And and in these times, in the Thanksgiving times with the Heavenly Father, all, all times is of the Lord. And, and in these times with these so-called uh, Puritans, uh, whatever they want to be, uh, pilgrims or whatever, were setting up their days, the actual children of Israel were going through their punishment from the Lord. Okay? So now at these times of Thanksgiving, okay, 1621 and on up, many of the children of Israel, the so-called blacks here in America... In the Caribbean, now we was in slavery captivity. It wasn't nothing thankful about um, cleaning in someone's house, doing their field cooking, and all that other things. Watching your children being sold, the women being raped, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, these things was happening, and at the same time, my brothers, the so-called uh, Native American Indians, was was the beginning of their what slaughter, the beginning of their um, destruction, as as the brother brought out in that one article, and it tem- it continued from the East Coast all the way to the west. So there's nothing thankful about that. If anything, it's something to tell us to to wake up, read the scriptures, and and figure out why the Lord is doing this to us.
1: Okay. Uh, Kabari, it sounded like you had a comment.
2: Yeah. um,
1: The main difference,
2: besides what the brother had already mentioned, is that when you go into, and this is why you can't make the comparison to anything written in the scriptures, to anything a man thought up out of his own mind because the past, the uh, feast days and the holy days that were sanctioned that you read about in, in the book of Maccabees dealing with the secret dedication destruction of Micaena so on and so forth those things were of the Lord it was because God himself uh, through Christ who was always guiding our people from the beginning of their time gave our people the ability and power and the guidance to overcome their enemies And then the Lord sanctioned a day so that it will be remembered for us to acknowledge that it was him who caused these things to happen. It was the Most High through Christ who allowed us to get the victory. That's why these days were set up as a memorial for our people to remember, just like Passover, just like Feast of Unleavened Bread. All of these things, all of them are set up as memorials for our people to remember the great acts of the Heavenly Father. This Thanksgiving, these traditions of men, these ways of the heathen, that was set up as memorials for them to remember their own victories and slaughter and mayhem and rape and pillage that they have done to the Native American people, our brothers and sisters. Okay, so the two have no relation to each other because one is from the Lord and the other is from man and Satan and devil.
1: Okay. All right, let's go ahead and listen to another excerpt from last year's program.
3: I would like to read this particular excerpt uh this is this uh uh piece is entitled the real story of thanksgiving by susan bates and uh she states in 1637 near present-day groton connecticut over 700 men women and children of the Pequot tribe had gathered for their annual green corn festival which is our thanksgiving celebration In the pre-dawn hours, the sleeping Indians were surrounded by English and Dutch mercenaries who ordered them to come outside. Those who came out were shot or clubbed to death, while the terrified women and children who huddled inside the longhouses were burned alive. The next day, the governor of the Massachusetts Bay Colony declared a day of thanksgiving because 700 unarmed men, women, and children had been murdered. Cheered by their victory, the brave colonists, and their Indian allies attacked village after village. Women and children over fourteen were sold into slavery, while the rest were murdered. Boats loaded with as many as five hundred slave slaves regularly left the ports of New England. Bounties were paid for Indian scouts to encourage as many deaths as possible. Following an especially successful raid against the Pequot, what is now known what is now Stamford, Connecticut. The churches announced a second day of thanksgiving to celebrate victories over the heathen savages. During the feasting they hacked off heads of natives. Excuse me, during the feasting the hacked off heads of natives were kicked through the streets like soccer balls. Even the friendly Wampanoag did not escape the madness. Their chief was beheaded and his head impaled on a pole in Plymouth Massachusetts where it remained on display for 24 years.
1: Okay, now, wasn't there a situation in the Maccabees where there was this, this man who was uh, a seriously, the scripture calls him a, a, a wicked man? And uh, when uh, Israel gained the victory, uh, they actually hacked off this man's head and, uh, you know, one side of the top part of his body and and uh, actually hung it up so everybody could see. Isn't this kind of the same type of behavior, although these people in the scriptures that did this thing are called righteous why would you call these people that in, in New England, why would you call them evil and, and for uh, establishing uh, such a day for, uh, to observe a victory that they had? The, well, the main reason is because this
2: man that you're referring to, dealing with the history of the Maccabees, it was Nicana. He was a general, a Greek general, and he came into the nation of uh, into Judea, and the reason his head along with his shoulder was locked off is because that same uh, mouth and that same hand pointed at the temple and said, made an ultimatum against the Heavenly Father and said if, if his demands wasn't met, that he would tear down the Lord's temple, okay, Solomon's temple that the Solomon built to honor the Heavenly Father, that the Heavenly Father consecrated, he said he was going to tear that temple down and erect a notable temple to one of his great gods and to one of his idols called Bacchus. Now, if you understand anything about the idol and a, and a false god, Bacchus, that's what the people celebrated and worshipped. This is a, a, a deity uh, that involved lasciviousness, fornication, and all drunkenness, reveling. That's what they did when they were celebrating and honoring this God. That's what he said he was going to build in place of the Heavenly Father's temple, and that's why the Most High allowed the Maccabean brothers to gain the victory, chop off this man's head and shoulder, And leave it up as a display to show what will happen as a result against blasphemy and against the Heavenly Father in Christ. That's why that was done. This other situation that happened in New England, these are people setting up their own uh, thoughts and ideas. This had nothing to do with God. It had nothing to do with blasphemy against the Heavenly Father. It had nothing to do with the Most High Sanction. That was men leaning on their own understanding, murdering and raping. That's the main difference between the two. Okay,
1: all right, now you you brought out um, a point about uh, Greek gods Or goddesses or whatever And that kind of segues into the next excerpt from last year's program Here it goes
4: Hey, how you doing? Um, This is Dwight calling in from Atlanta Hello, Dwight Hey, how you doing? One point that wasn't brought out And that we really need to deal with Because the last caller said that there wasn't anything pagan With the um, Thanksgiving celebration they were celebrating Thanksgiving before they came over as pilgrims in England, and it goes way back to the Greeks. Thanksgiving wasn't called Thanksgiving then. They followed a festival called Themisphoria or Thesmophoria, in which they it was they worshipped the Greek god of agriculture like Demeter and Ceres and so forth. When they came over as pilgrims. They bought that same festival that they were doing in England and doing prior to that, along with the Greeks, to America. So when people are celebrating Thanksgiving, they're not just celebrating what they think, where they're thanking God. They're thanking an idolatrous God. They're thanking an idol for blessing their harvest and their crops. And that's what they did way back.
1: Okay. Now, um,. You, you heard what he said about, uh, you know, the, the Greek gods that um, uh, Demeter and Ceres. That uh, this is what's happening with Thanksgiving. Now, you, you have uh, Thanksgiving actually kicking off uh whole holiday season. Okay, and I think everybody pretty much says that that's that's what it does. Okay, now, does that mean that? You know, entire holiday season. Every single holiday that anybody is observing during that period of time has something to deal with some type of uh, pagan wickedness, or is this something that you should take on a case-by-case basis and examine each holiday on its own merits?
3: What's the what? What are the, the main holidays that are celebrated? The, the holidays most uh, celebrated of the the holidays. What's the word I'm looking for, brothers? The, most celebrated, most talked about holidays at this particular time of the year. The main holidays that are most celebrated or most mostly emphasized are mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, first and foremost,
1: mm-hmm. and then
3: thereafter that is uh, Christmas Now and New Year. I apologize, and, and New Year. Now, when you do but, your research and you look up and you research the beginnings or the origins of these particular holidays in, in particular, <clears throat> Excuse me. You will find that all three of these holidays are based or rooted in idolatry in some form, fashion or another. As har- as harmless as Thanksgiving may seem, as harmless as Christmas may seem, as har- as harmless as the New Year or the-, the celebrating of the New Year as in this particular society may seem it's is Foundated and steeped in idolatry In some form fashion or another Now in the scriptures Please bear with me Uh, In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 It says In verse 20 But I say the things But I say that the things Which the Gentiles sacrifice They sacrifice to devils And not to God And I would not say ye should have fellowship with devils Ye cannot drink Of the Lord Excuse me, you cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and of the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. So basically what the scriptures are telling us is that these things that are being promoted as holidays, simple and harmless enough as they may seem, they are all founded in idolatry in some form, fashion, or another. And those of us who are trying to repent and follow Jesus Christ, according to how it is written in the scriptures, we cannot partake of those holidays. We either are going to follow God Almighty, the Heavenly Father, according to how it is written in the scriptures, or we are not. We can't. We cannot straddle the fence.
1: Just very I'm looking for, for the, those I'm people I'm that, that for the, may oh, not know. For those people who may not know, would you tell us what, what Gentiles? What a Gentile is?
3: Gentiles basically uh, is is a person who does not practice the laws of the Heavenly Father. Now, in the context of the scripture in 1 Corinthians 10 and 20, it says the things with the Gentiles practice, that was referring to our people in the Gentile state of mind who were not practicing the laws of God, specifically the Levitical ordinances or the laws that deal with the temple when it was standing. But
1: Gentiles
3: can still be used, To refer to, here again, our people who aren't practicing the laws of the Heavenly Father now through Jesus Christ, as well as the other nations who are following whatever holiday, whatever custom, whatever ordinance, whatever law, whatever religion, whatever it is outside of what the Heavenly Father has ordained to be followed in the Bible.
2: Let
1: me ask. Go ahead, Kabar. Yeah,
2: or we can just simply refer to a non-Israelite, a non-Israelite by dis- by descent. That's all. Okay, great. I, I was
1: asking uh, the question of, uh, in context of that scripture, but thanks thanks for that definition, also, Kabar. Um, you know, between you know Thanksgiving and New Year's Day, uh, of course you got Christmas, and those are the three dominant holidays during that period. But then you also have some other Holidays are some days that people observe that you would probably consider to be lesser. Kwanzaa being one of those. Um, what else? Um, Hanukkah being another. Okay, and then of course you got the new moon. All right, and then when you look in the scriptures, you also have the Sabbath. So now, with with all of these different observances going on, and obviously you can't take a wholesale approach to this and say, well you know, I'm not going to observe any holidays at all. Nothing that's called a holiday or holy day, any of that. I'm not going to do it. Or or can you do that? No, well, you can't. Go
2: ahead,
0: Al. I was going to say the best approach for one to do is to study the Bible for themselves, okay, and read where the Lord um, gave this, uh, specific chapters where the Heavenly Father ordained high holy days, and, and stick to that. Maybe you not, may not understand the purpose or why. Uh, you continue to study and pray and get understanding of that, but anything outside of the scriptures that that is, I mean, you cannot find in the scriptures that man established as a day, I would never um, would follow that because we, we as men, we are, we're prone to error. And who knows, it may be set up in idolatry, it may be set up on some man's philosophy and not on the righteousness of the Heavenly Father.
1: And also
2: and also the you know, the 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 aspect that we're dealing with is because there's only one God and there's only one way to serve him and there's only one path to him and that's through Christ. In Psalms chapter ninety six and verse five it tells you that's what the Heavenly Father is letting us know. It says for all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. So the scripture is telling you that all the, all the other nations, what they worship, what they serve, what they follow is, is idols. And everything, all the practices, customs, traditions are based on that same idolatry. That's the origin of it, all the practices. Because what does it say in Amos chapter 3 and verse 2? It says, as far as dealing with the nation of Israel, the most high says, Amos chapter three and two, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore I will punish you for all your iniquities. And how has the most high known us? Because in the beginning, under that first covenant, which transitions right into the second covenant, the most high made a covenant with our people, first through Moses, under the first covenant, then through Christ, under the new covenant, under the second covenant. And and the laws and the commandments and the ordinances and the dictates that he gave us also include particular order, uh, observances and hollow days. That comes from the Heavenly Father. That's not based on idolatry. So you have one system of, of understanding, one system of festival days, so on and so forth, that comes from the two and the living God, along with ordinances and commandments. That comes from the Heavenly Father, the true and living God, given to the nation of Israel. That's what we're supposed to follow. Everything else outside of that is that the nations follow is based on their idols, and everything that follows from it is idolatry, and therefore all the practices of the of the heathen or all, you know, uh, 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 the nations of the world, everything that they do can be traced back to an, an origin of idolatry, and that's not... That's why we're not supposed to observe and follow it. The only thing that you're supposed to be following and keeping, and remember, ultimately this will include the entire world will be subject unto the same exact commandments and ordinances. Is everybody will be keeping the commandments in the in the high holy days and observances that you see written in the Bible. Outside of that, we're not supposed to be following any other customs and practices because they come their origin is
1: idolatry. Okay, uh, Kabar, you know, you have said a mouthful. You cover a ton of territory. Uh, one of the things that was brought out early on in what you just said was uh, that there's only one God, and there's only one way to serve that God, and that's through Christ. I want to talk more about what that actually means. Before we do that, uh, let's go to an announcement. Brothers and sisters, At this time,
4: please accept our invitation to visit us in the virtual living room to discuss today's topic. Comments or questions are eagerly encouraged whether they agree or disagree with the viewpoints expressed by those involved in the program. To visit us in the virtual living room, please call 646-716-7749. Also, you can visit our website at thebocc.com. That's T-H-E-B-O-C-C dot com. Or you can email us at bodyofchrist at ureach dot com. U-Reach is the letter U followed by the word reach. So that's bodyofchrist at ureach dot com. Or call us at one eight seven seven eight seven one one seven one two. 871 1712 This program is broadcast live each Sunday at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Remember to visit us right now in the virtual living room by calling 646-716-7749.
1: Now back to today's show. All right, brothers and sisters, welcome back to the program. We are talking about not only Thanksgiving, but also about the holidays that are coming up over the next, I guess, probably about six weeks or so. Uh, that's going to culminate with uh, New Year's. A number of different holidays are going to take place. Um, And what we were covering is the fact that uh, some of these holidays are ones that you should not be involved with, and others are ones that you absolutely should be involved with. And before uh, we broke for the announcement, Kabar had brought out a number of different points, and amongst those points was one about uh, actually worshiping God, how there is only one God, And there's uh, only one way to worship that God, and that is through Christ. Now, Kabar, as you are well aware, there are a number of people that proclaim to worship God and worship God through Christ, and they celebrate Thanksgiving, and they celebrate Christmas, and they celebrate New Year's, and some of them might celebrate Kwanzaa. Some of them may actually celebrate Hanukkah, and so forth. So how do you distinguish who's actually doing what's supposed to – I mean, there there are some people that may say celebrate Kwanzaa, and they take take, uh, exception with people who celebrate Christmas and vice versa. So now how do you go about distinguishing what's actually correct? You know, is there some method, a process that you can go through and say this is a tried-and-true process, and then that process that you might suggest, how can someone know that this is the right process to go through to make a distinction between what's, what's actually good for you to do and what you should not be involved in? The, the only process that we have to go on,
2: because the earth is polluted, all the systems of this world is polluted, all the doctrines of men, is, men are polluted, the only true source there is on this planet is the Holy Bible. That's it. Not all the other versions. We're talking about the Hebrew to the English, uh, word for word, and that's the 1611 King James Version. That's it, not the New King James, not all of that. that. That's the version you want to go with because that's just uh, the, the English equivalent of the Hebrew words. That's what you go on. So the Bible is your source. Now you have to go based, not based on what some man said or your pastor church or what you heard from your friend. Go based on what you what is written actually in the Bible. Because you mentioned those same Christians who will follow all of these other uh, um, all of these other practices that they learn through the world. But is that actually written in the Bible? Is that sanctioned by Christ? Is that condoned by the Heavenly Father? No. Matthew chapter uh, this is chapter five and verse seventeen. This is why you only follow what's written. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17, from Christ. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. For, for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Verse 19. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do, meaning do the commandments, and it says and teach, meaning teach the commandments, the same shall be called what? Great in the kingdom of heaven. So Christ is making a distinction clear. He didn't. First of all, he's telling me he didn't come to destroy, but to fulfill. And that's written in Book of Luke chapter twenty-four, verse forty-four, when he came to fulfill. And it tells you in the law and in the Psalms all of those things concerning him that is said he will fulfill when he came to be that savior of the nation of Israel. Then he goes on to tell us that, listen, anyone who's breaking these commandments and teaching them so, they're going to be called least. And ultimately, that's going into destruction and death. But he also said what? Those who do it and teach it, they're going to be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So that gives you a clear distinction whether are we supposed to keep these observances and these laws and these commandments in the Bible or are we not? And the scriptures make it clear that we are to. Now, the scriptures also tell you in the same, uh, under the New Covenant, that it says what? Well, abstain from idolatry, okay, and not to follow idols or anything like that. Now, if all of these customs that were being handed down to us, we're being told uh, to keep and observe. If all of them are based on idolatry, their origins are from are from some idol and from people who worship idols and from idolatry, and the scriptures tell us to abstain from that, how are we following it nowadays? How is it permissible can or to be condoned now? We're supposed to not keep those things, and the only thing we're supposed to be following and keeping is the commandments and the appointed seasons and times that the Heavenly Father specifies under the new covenant through Christ, and it lays it all out for us. That's how you make the difference. It has to be based on what is written in the Bible, nothing else. I'd like to ask okay. you that if I could. Go ahead, please do. Uh, because the,
3: you, you made mention, you, you got some Christians or those who profess, profess themselves to be Christians that celebrate Christmas, and they may take exception to this or they may take exception to that. However, let's get a let's get a, a, a firm understanding. In Timothy, specifically Second Timothy chapter two and nineteen, it says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal: The Lord knoweth them that are His. And here's the part i like to emphasize. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So now, the reason why this comes to mind per se is the fact that there are a lot of people who profess themselves to be Christians, like you just mentioned not too long ago. However, the stipulation to being a true Christian is this, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. In other words, if you call yourself a Christian, a follower of Christ, a disciple of Christ, or whatever you want, to, whatever you want to
4: choose
3: to refer to yourself as one who follows Christ's teachings, first and foremost, you have to repent. In that process of repentance, you have to repent from the sins, the wickedness, even the false holidays that this world promotes, and then this person has to start to keep the commandments in the Bible through the example of Jesus Christ, including the high holy days that are written in the scriptures that we're supposed to keep and follow as well. So now, on top of that, I would like to read this. This is James. Bear with me one second, please. This is James chapter 5. I apologize. Chapter 4, verse 17, and it says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not to him it is sin. So now for those who like to take exceptions, so okay, well yeah, we can dabble into Kwanzaa, we can dabble into this, or we can dabble into that. No, that's not a, that is not according to God Almighty. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, if you know to keep the commandments, if you call yourself a Christian, if you know to follow the high holy days written in the Bible, and as the Scripture says, and doeth it not, you don't do it, or you take exception and you follow something else as well, to that person it is sin. So a warning goes out to all those persons who call themselves Christians, first and foremost, you gotta be a Christian according to how the Bible outlines it, not according to how religion outlines it. One. Two, as part as being a follower of Christ, which is a true Christian, you have to follow Christ according to how it is written in the Bible, even the high holy days that are in the scriptures and three, all these other ho- holy—excuse me—holidays that this world promotes, you cannot
2: have
1: any part of that. And then also, well, I, I had a question for you, um, y you, you have um, basically heard Kazaki and Kabar talk about Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's—that kind of thing. And talk about how it's, it's worldly and it's not. it doesn't have any basis in the scriptures. And, uh, uh, you know, if you look in the scriptures, I don't think you're going to find uh, a Thanksgiving holiday. I think you might find the word Thanksgiving in there one time or two times. But I don't think it ever references Thanksgiving holiday, nor does it reference Christmas, nor does it reference the New Year's Day, uh, January 1st. Um, but let me ask you, based on your studies of the scriptures, between now, this day, and January 1st, are there any days, we understand that these there are days that you should not observe, okay, because they're not in the scriptures. Are there any days that you must observe because they are in the scriptures? Well, I'm going to say that
0: there are days between now and, as we know, it's January the 1st. Um, Those days that the Heavenly Father ordained, uh, yes, there are some days, and those days are the Feast of Dedication, also known as uh, Hanukkah, okay? That's between now and um, as we spoke of as in um, January the 1st. Also, other days the Heavenly Father um, gave the children of Israel who we are to follow. We have the new moons, okay, the beginning of each month. And we also have the Sabbath days, the Sabbath day of each week. Which is the the Sabbath day when the Heavenly Father says, "Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy." These are the days that are, uh, festive days, high holy days that the Heavenly Father ordained that we can keep. And um, if you choose to fear Christ and and follow the words of Christ, and He kept these days, and He and as disciples of
1: Christ, they also kept these days. Okay. Yeah. And, and um, you know, it's it's really peculiar that you know you brothers are bringing out. These these days to observe, and, and you say they're in the scriptures, and you know they are in the scriptures, but it's really, really peculiar that the majority of people don't observe the Sabbath day, the seventh day of the weekend's is the Sabbath, or the Feast of Dedication, or the New Moon. And if the majority of people are not doing that, how can you be certain? That you are on the right track. Don't doesn't that kind of plant just a little bit of doubt in your mind? Because I mean, you know, you you grow up. Your parents are observing Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Maybe they were involved in Kwanzaa. Maybe even see they were even involved in Hanukkah. Okay, you grow up doing all these things, and now all of a sudden you read the scriptures, and the scriptures have something different in there. Isn't there some doubt in your mind about? you know, these other days that, you know, maybe there's some validation that you missed in the scripture somewhere? No, there's no doubt. There's
2: no doubt because First John chapter 5 and verse 19 tells you why that's the case. First John chapter 5 verse 19, it says, and we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. So, that's what the scripture is bearing out, because in the next verse, I'll tell you why. It says, and we know that the Son of God is come and have given us an understanding, okay? That understanding is repentance through him. That understanding is that if we repent through Christ and keep God's commands, like it is written, that if we endure into that until the end, we will receive salvation, we understand that it's not through the law of Moses that we're going to be saved. It's not through the works of the law that we're going to be saved. It's through mercy and grace that the Most High is going to give us through Christ that's going, to, that's going to actually save us. But one of the stipulations of that covenant is the observance of these commandments. Not that they're going to save us, but that they are part of us learning and doing righteousness. That's why we keep them, Okay. So that's that understanding that Christ gave us. Verse 20 continues to say that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his son Jesus Christ is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. So that's what it tells you in verse 21, to keep yourselves from idols. So it makes a difference between what is true and right that we're supposed to be following, and we understand that from the previous verse, in verse 19, it tells you, listen, don't be dismayed because the entire world has been deceived by Satan, the devil. And that's why you're going to see everybody else doing something contrary to what Christ has taught. Even the Israelites whom he came to teach it to, except for the, a few who the Most High has a real understanding to, and they have repented and followed the true and the living way. But everyone else is going to be following what? Uh, is going to be lying in wickedness, and what's part of that wickedness? Idolatry that the whole world is under through the ignorance and the following of the ways of Satan. So that's why you're not going to see everybody doing this, because the majority of the world is going to follow what is wrong and what is contrary to the commandments. Only a few have been given the understanding of what is a true and the living way. So when you you don't find yourself surrounded by a bunch of people who's actually keeping with the commandments and with the scriptures actually say supposed to be keeping, that's no marvel. It's to understand that everything that the most High written in the scriptures is actually true and you're seeing those prophecies come to pass. That's why you see
1: that difference there. But you, you heard Kabar reference yeah. uh you know, that it's, it's grace is important, you know, and repentance. Isn't that what it's all about in order to achieve salvation? Is that grace uh, that you and, and forgiveness and mercy that you receive from the Most High God and a repentance. Isn't that what it's all about? And just really being a good person, being kind to people, being gentle to people, uh, not speaking bad about folks and all those kinds of things. You know, as long as you're doing those kind of things, you know, doesn't that make your salvation sh- sh- sure? You know, I mean, if you know, it's your parents and your brothers and sisters that you are getting together with on Christmas and New Year's and so forth. And you're not a bad person or anything like that. How can, will God hold that against you? Well, let's let's take a look at
3: Christ. Let's look, look, let's look with at what Christ said. This is Matthew, the 19th chapter, starting at verse 16. And I'm going to read from verse 16 to like verse 19. There's some short verses. But these are the words of Christ. And behold, one came and said unto him, good master. What good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? So that's that's basically the question that you are posing, that you are posing to, to me as well as the rest of the brothers on the panel as far as, what, what, you know, what, what is it? Uh, just being good, just, just, just being nice to people, being kind to people, so forth and so on, it, ain't right. that going to get you?
1: To the kingdom of heaven? Well, let's see. on. That's got to be enough. Because, I mean, you you've seen people that, uh, I mean, they just have the most beautiful spirit that you have. You want to be around these people all the time because they're not going to do you any harm. They're, they're very, very giving. I mean, they give you the shirt off their back. You know, there's, there's got to be a place in the kingdom of God reserved for a person like that. All right. And behold,
3: one came and said unto him, Good master. What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is, God. So now Christ told you out of his own mouth, there's only one person that's good, that is, the Heavenly Father, truly good, and that is, the Lord. So for the persons that give it, they show off their back, kind gesture, but the only person that is truly good is God Almighty himself. Now let's read on. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. So if we want to see any part of salvation, we have to keep the commandments written in the Bible. Going on, verse 18, he said unto him, which Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So all these commandments, guess what? They're already in the Bible. The majority of them are found in the Old Testament. But this Bible is full of commandments that we are responsible for keeping now through the example of Jesus Christ. And when we repent in the name of Jesus Christ and actually follow his example, that's what gets us into the kingdom of heaven. Not helping some old lady across the street or not celebrating these, these false holidays that this world promotes, but actually uh, Repenting and following Jesus Christ. Which leads me to this next point. Because you asked about what, what doesn't that leave some type of doubt as to what uh, to following uh, the commandments versus following everything else that the world is doing? Is there any doubt in that? Let's look at Romans the third chapter, and I'm going straight to the point. Verse 4 God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. So let the Heavenly Father and the Bible and the commandments, also the high holy days that we're supposed to be following, let that be true. And every man with his false holiday, with his own philosophy, with his own doctrine, with his own movement that has nothing to do with Christ and this Bible, that man or woman, let them be a liar. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. So when we are following Christ and keeping the commandments, our holy days included, through Christ, no one can point the finger and accuse us of sin, saying we saw you doing such and such and so-and-so, or I observed you doing such and such and so-and-so, because what we are doing is according to the Bible, chapter, and verse. Mm-hmm. You,
1: you want to tell th- it's is, is there any way? <clears throat> that a person can be in the scriptures, and 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 you know the, the holy days that you talked about, you know the Sabbath days and the new moon, and the feast of dedication, and all the other ones that uh, in other parts of the year. Do those days? Do those things in the scriptures? Don't kill. Don't commit adultery. Don't do all any of those things. Okay, and and you know you know you're not supposed to celebrate Christmas or uh, Thanksgiving. The, you know, by the things that your brothers are bringing out and by any research that someone might do independently, they find out that, you, okay, you're not supposed to do that, all right? But they got family. They have friends. They have coworkers that are celebrating these things. okay? They are invited to attend these observances. Can't they go ahead and participate in the observances knowing full well I, this is not what I'm doing. I'm not celebrating Christmas. I'm not celebrating Thanksgiving or a New Year's. I'm not doing that. I'm just hanging around my family and my friends. That's all I'm doing. Okay. Isn't that okay, you No, it's, it's not okay. Because remember, Christ says that we uh, go out
0: and teach repentance. That's a follower of Christ, okay? And, then, and uh, just one quick verse, when Christ came in Matthew 10:34, he said, Think not I've come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. A sword is the separation here. And it goes on, 35. For I have come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. So the thing is, as we're coming in Christ, and while he's, while he's bringing that separation, that separation is from righteousness, um, the, the light and, um, against the darkness, which is sin, and with wickedness. Okay, so now each person has to choose what they're going to have to do. And as we in this world, and, and as Christ says, uh, let our light so forth um, shine, we go out and say, listen, man, I'm not dealing with that. I'm not going to follow that. I'm letting you know that those things are, are not of the Heavenly Father in Christ. We shouldn't uh, follow these things. and We ought to all repent and follow the doctrine of Christ. And that's what, as a follower of Christ, what, that is what we must publish, must stand for, and must say. I mean, we don't give in to, the, to Satan. I never see what Christ said. Well, he said, get these behind me, Satan. So the same thing with these works here. Though someone may be ignorantly doing or whatever by us saying, listen, we don't do these things because as a follower of Christ, Christ never did these things, and the heavenly Father never, never ordained these things. You know, we're establishing that first, and we're going to do that. Don't be ashamed of it. Who's going to be ashamed of Christ? Christ says, whoever is ashamed of me,
1: um you're not gonna you're not gonna get you're not gonna get your blessing. Kabar, the scripture says to honor your father and your mother. Okay, that's a commandment. All right. So now you got your father or your mother saying, Listen, I want you to come over for Thanksgiving. I want you to come over for Christmas. You know, your your family misses you. We want you here. It's not gonna be the same without you aren't you supposed to go because that's a commandment in the scriptures to honor your father and mother? Kabar. I okay. Good, cause I, can I direct that question to you. Hello? Yeah, sure, Hello? Thing. sure thing. Okay. There, I I we can can... Kabar, you, uh, did you hear the question, Kabar? Can somebody hear me? Yeah, I, I hear you. Did you hear the question?
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah, I did. I was... I don't know. I got disconnecting that call back in. That's probably why there was a difficulty. But the thing is, yes, we are supposed to honor our father and our mother. That is true. Okay, great. All right. But the but the scriptures tell us, um, and I want to go to that scripture uh, when it tells us to um, obey our parents and the Lord. Where, where is that at? That's Ephesians chapter six and one, there, brother. So so let's turn there. Ephesians chapter six and verse one, because that that clears it up and shows us where the dividing line actually is in dealing with that honor in our father and our mother. Because, you know, when it comes to so long as there is nothing um, uh, that our father and mother is commanding us to do that's against Christ, that's against the scriptures, we have to obey that and to keep that. But when they begin to tell us things that are contrary to the heavenly father, contrary to his commandments, contrary to Christ, then that's when, you have to leave that alone. Now, you said that, that was Ephesians what? 6 and 1. 6 and 1. Ephesians 6 and 1 tells us, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, which is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. So it, it gives a stipulation that says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Because as long as what they're telling you is in line with Christ, in line, in line with the commandments, you got to do your chores, sure You got to clean up, sure There certain responsibilities you have, sure But when those things begin to conflict with the Heavenly Father's commandments That's when we have to abstain and and, and and teach them what is actually right according to the commandments So if they say, okay, well, I want you to go buy me some cigarettes on the Sabbath day we, we can't do that Because the Heavenly Father tells us on the Sabbath day There's no buying and selling, cooking, working, things like that So we can't we can observe that it's whatsoever it is, if it's going against the Moshe's commandments, it doesn't matter who tells us, we're not supposed to obey it.
1: Other than that, we're supposed to obey our parents and everything. All right, fantastic point, brother, and uh, a very, very good point to end on. Uh, that does conclude our show for uh, this uh, episode. Um, and I certainly do appreciate Everyone that participated in the program And those in chat uh, But above all appreciation goes To the Most High in Christ Until next time the Most High in the name of Christ Bless you all Shalom, Shalom. Okay. Brothers and sisters Thank you for visiting with us In the virtual living room Of the Body of Christ Church You can visit our website at T-H-E B-O-C-C or you can email us at bodyofchrist@newreach.com, or call us at 877-871-1712 Until our next visit, the Most High in the name of Christ bless you. Shalom.